Hey, welcome back to another edition of the Five Tool Podcast. I'm Dustin McComas, joined once again as always by Drew Bishop. It is Monday, June 19th, 2023. This is episode, what are we up to? 117. This is the time of the year where you don't really know what day it is. You don't really know what the date is. You just got to know where you've been recently and what you've watched and and, uh, and and what event or events uh, are going on um, during that week. So, uh, yeah, it's that time of the year for us at Five Tool. Really exciting time of the year because we get to watch a lot, a lot of baseball um, constantly. And we've got events going all over the place. California. I saw we had some Utah stuff. We had our first Canada event recently. Um, stuff in the Midwest, South Texas, obviously Dallas, Houston, um, all over the place. So, uh, it's been a couple of weeks, but we've got a lot to talk about today. Uh, we're coming off of the uh, the Pudge Rodriguez World Classic, uh, a really exciting event as always, certainly one of our flagship events and certainly one of the ones that we look forward to um, each year because it's it's always really, really, really competitive. And it's also a good glimpse, you know, of that of that kind of that next group on the horizon, those guys that are going to be juniors in high school next season. So a lot of those guys we kind of heard of before or seen before, but there are a lot of, you know, guys that were completely off of our radar. It's just like, okay, whoa, we got to, we got to write this, this name down as a guy to follow and uh, good college coach attendance out there as well. But first off, uh, Drew, how you doing? How, how are we hanging in there? We've got college league going. We got another event coming up this week. Um, we, we've got all sorts of stuff happening right now. Yeah, um, I'm going to go ahead and echo the not really knowing what day it is. Um, the, actually, the only thing that allows me to know what day it is, is that I'm at home right now. And it's like after so you know it's 7 a.m. Yeah, and it's after 7 a.m. and I'm home. So uh, it's it's Monday. Um, that's that's all I got for you. But yeah, no, great event. Um Really good teams, like you said. You know, we we saw some guys that we knew a lot about. Have some new guys to add to all of our lists. Mm-hmm. Um, some some teams played had really good weeks uh, across the board, and it, just good quality baseball um, and just a really fun event that you know it's kind of a kickoff. Um, you know, much like the Bregman uh, for for some teams that we haven't seen before at the younger mm-hmm. ages and uh, get a chance to get some eyes on some of those guys and figure out what they're about and um, kind of start the process for us uh, evaluating them and um, getting to start following them over the next couple of years. So it's exciting, like always. Yeah. And and on that note too, I mean, not every big famous player name was, was in this event, but I I came away, not to derail us, but I, I came away thinking like the 2025 class in Texas is going to be exceptionally good. Uh, it's just yeah, star power, depth. Oh, there's just a lot of really, really high-end players. And, you know, I've kind of dug in deeply on the 24 group and working on those rankings updates and things like that. And we're going to release our final 2023 list because you know, I was at the, the Texas High School Coaches, Texas High School Baseball Coaches Association all-star game this past Sunday, which is kind of my final. All right, that's it for the 23 class. That's our final look. Let's get that rankings done and and, and move on to the next group. Um, But looking way ahead of these 25s, 
it's it's got a chance to be a really really special class when you start thinking about the caliber of players um, that you can just rattle off as really high end players and then there are guys that you know were kind of off of our radar that was like wow these guys are are really really good as well so um, it was great to get a, a look at a lot of those guys and, and start to think about that group from an evaluation standpoint as they head into their their junior year and eventually those are going to be guys that once August 1st comes around are going to be um, in demand, especially as kind of the portal recruiting dies down and things like that will be really in demand um, for those college programs. But um, I believe there are 81 teams total and 49 teams in the national group, which is the group that we're going to talk about that we just, that was the group we watched. Um, So we're going to do our best to kind of go through pool by pool and, talk about some teams, talk about some players, skip around all over the place. Apologies in advance. We're not going to be able to mention every person that stood out. Um, it's just it's just impossible. Uh, and also, we'd like to keep this from being three hours long. Um, but before we get into the pools, um, you know, one thing I love about this event is it's, you know, if you want to compete to win the title, it's double elimination. So yeah. you got to play well from the jump. Um, and if you don't play well from the jump, you find yourself in a hole and uh, you might be out of the picture by day two. Um, because if you don't come to play, chances are you're going to get beat by whoever you're playing. Um, so it really requires you can't just roll out the balls and bats out there and expect to beat these teams that you play. It's really high end competition um, throughout each pool. And, you know, I thought that was kind of represented with the way this ended up with um, our championship game being between Sticks 2025 Scout. And, who uh, won it? Who won the event last year as a fifteen-year-old? As a fifteen, yeah, as, as a as a group that was a year younger than everybody else, um, they made the championship game and were knocked off by a twenty twenty-five Texas twelve Red Sox, which used to be maroon. Now they have the partnership with with the Red Sox and New Balance, and you know, being the Red Sox team with their top group. And both those teams lost games really early on, so they were kind of treading on uh, on thin ice early in the process and had to elevate their performance to get all the way back to the title game um, with the 2025 uh, Texas 12 Red Sox winning that game five to one. Uh, and, and they just, after they lost their second game, were just on fire. I mean, just really gaudy run totals, offensive outputs, a lot of really good pitching depth that showed. Um, and then that sticks team, like, I don't think they clicked on, on all cylinders, maybe, throughout the entire event um you know they lost the game early on to a really really good slammers team had to fight their way all the way back to make the type make the title game uh, which i think was really impressive because they kind of just you know they didn't quite click all the time which we know we, like we've seen them when they clicked before they just were really really hard to beat but the fact they're still able to get all the way back there uh was really really impressive and then the final four consisted of Sticks twenty uh, Sticks twenty twenty five prospects black. So Sticks had two groups up there on Championship Sunday, and then the Midland Redskins sixteen U, uh, which was a really good group as well. But um, we can kind of run through some names here. But you know, let's start with the champions, the twelve Red Sox, and uh, just a group again that really swung the bats well when things got going. Dane Perry, who ended up being one of our MVPs. Uh, from Friendswood, uh, really talented catcher, pitches a little bit. Uh, he was just a force offensively. I mean, he hit 500, uh, only had two strikeouts, walked seven times. Uh, just the way the hands work, the hand speed, the hand strength, the way he tracked pitches, the way he got the barrel to the ball, 
Um, a lot of things came really, really easy to him offensively. And he really kind of ignited that group and kind of, you know, when they lost that second game, I mean, he was one of those guys that stepped up right away and just kind of, you know, set the tone for those guys moving forward offensively. Um, and then Blaine Bullard, another guy that had a really strong event, uh, scored 13 runs, just a dynamic guy at the top of the lineup, to spraying line drives um, all over the place. Uh, Lucas Franco started heating up, Cinco Ranch, TCU commitment. Uh, I, I think that he's probably the best. He's one of the best left-handed hitters in the 2025 class. You start putting him way up there with guys like Hayson Cunningham and players like that. Um, you know, Bullard, another guy from the left side that can really impact it. But these guys just had so much hitting. Nathan Johnson. I mean, you just kind of go down the list. Um, it's kind of funny. One of my favorite hitters on their team is Cody Palacios for Magnolia West. Really good outfielder. And he ended up being a pitching MVP, you know, just because yeah. he got in the mound and uh, mixed in, I believe, a knuckleball a little bit, which you he, really see. Like, what was that well, like to look at? Well, the, the only – the only run that he gave up over three outings was on a knuckleball that like, it was just, it moved so much that Dane Perry just didn't have a chance to knock it down. Like it was that nasty. I mean, but he definitely got some swing and miss on it. Um, but yeah, he was impressive. I mean, you can just tell it. I mean, overall the group as a whole, there were several guys that were two way guys that looked pretty good on both sides of the ball. Mm -hmm. um, I was really impressed. Cooper Fulbright falls into that for me. Mm -hmm. um, like you mentioned Cody Palacios. Um, even Lucas Tinajero got up on the mound in the championship game and gave them some outs. Um, you know, on the on another guy on the mound, Jack Paris is a guy that we know a lot about. A and M commit. Great changeup. Um, really good changeup. Looked really smooth. Um, yeah. His his delivery was good. Um, I didn't get to watch his entire outing, but every time I glanced over, it just it just looks right. Um, Aiden Barrientes uh, had a really good week. Katie um, is loaded in the future. Him and Cade Nelson, those guys, they've got some really good arms. Yeah, I mean, you know, you had Dane Perry who caught well. You had Jake Pineda who caught well. I mean, it was just it, – it's an impressive group top to bottom. Um, not really many weaknesses. They have a Dallas area kid playing infield with Bach Hartwig from Keller. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the list goes on and on for that group. Uh, Will Van Wee um, had, did some nice stuff at the plate. But, yeah, I mean, it's a physical group. They can run. They play the game right. Um, they compete, you know. And, you know, sometimes for teams like that that are that that they're, that are that loaded, losing is not always a bad thing. Right, um, yeah. Because, I mean, you definitely saw them flip a switch after they lost and um, really put on a show throughout the entire event. I mean, they were, yeah. they said they, they play hard. Um, they play good fundamental baseball. Um, and they were a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, sure. I mean, in, in nine games, they scored, ended up scoring 73 runs. Uh, just a lot of really good depth. I mean, you know, Christopher Gutierrez from the left side was up to 89. It's like, you know, when you're rolling that guy out there and it's kind of like, yeah. you know, your fifth arm, it's just like, wow. You know, well, Eric they, Daigle from, from the Woodlands, uh, who's really good in the playoffs through five shutout for them. I mean, it's just a lot of pitching depth in that group. Well, what stood out to me is like we were sitting there trying to go through and decide some of the superlative awards for the end of the event. And it was tough. It was tough for them. Like if the sticks had won, it would have been a lot clearer picture. Uh, based on who should have won the, some of the awards. But 
the the 12 was tough because they had so many guys like they didn't have many guys that threw a bunch of innings and, right yeah and, and all that and you know that's the cool thing about that event is that the that last day matters for those awards uh mm-hmm. so much um and you know we'll talk about that when we get to the american champions a little bit but it was it i mean it, it was all it was tough because they had so many guys that did well um but you know they didn't have a bunch of high inning high volume innings guys that just racked up a bunch of strikeouts like some of the other teams uh but but it, it became clear you know Cody pitched and got the win in the in the championship game and he'd also thrown in two other games and Mm -hmm. it just made sense. Um, but yeah, just a a really impressive group to watch and not surprising. I mean, they would have been one of the two or three teams that we would have probably pegged from the get go to have a chance to win it Mm -hmm. along with the sticks. So, um, but yeah, it played out that way. Even then when early on, it seemed like it might not. So. Yeah, a lot of turmoil going on, and I'm, I get a lot of love to that Scorpion 16U black team who ended up handing the Red Sox, the 12 Red Sox their only loss. Uh, I was impressed with that group. Um, Caleb Steiger really swung the bat well, played shortstop. He caught my attention. Mason Priest had a good event. Um, Dylan Rostron had a really strong event. And then on the pitching side, you know, Connor Jones being a guy that's created some buzz, um, he's going to be a name to watch in that class for sure um had some had some standout performances on the mound Garrett Keller who came in and clo- I believe closed that game um against the 12 Red Sox I had him up to 85 with some sink curveball had some promise um that was a good group I I really enjoyed watching those guys um really competitive um and I've seen a couple of their teams now um during Sam Houston State and some other stuff and um they're making some noise for sure um and let's go to that sticks team you know that ended up uh, making the championship game um it's uh, like you were talking about the the accolades might have been a little easier if we were picking those guys, but um, I uh, I could not believe that Eli Willits was a 2026 prospect. Like it kind of yeah. just it kind of just blew my mind. Um, obviously, Jack, his older brother Jackson, has been a long time five tool favorite. He's played in our stuff forever. We saw him out of area code. He was really really good there, but um, Eli was just like defensively some of the plays he'd make a third in the in, middle infield and his bat to ball skill. And like you had him at what? Three, eight down the line at one point, like three, eight, three, eight, five on a bunt that ended up being foul. And he actually pulled up a little bit towards the end. So, I mean, it's not to be too in the hyperbole realm, but like, I look at him, I'm like, I'd be surprised if this isn't a pro we're talking about in a few years when it comes time for his high school season to end. I mean, there's just a, there are a lot of tools, a lot of instincts, a lot of IQ. I just was blown away. And I was um, texting with um, um, Eddie Radosevich, uh, who covers Oklahoma. Uh, I've known for a long, long time. And I was like, Hey man, the little Willis is going to be, really really good he's like oh yeah he came onto the field last year in omaha and like was taking in and out hitting bp and he's like he looked the part of a college guy then and that was a year ago so uh he was phenomenal um and then carter rootenbar for me who ended up winning our uh, most outstanding catcher honor um to go through the whole event and not punch out once is extremely impressive and especially when you swing the bat the way that guy swings the bat i mean there's intent there there's the ability to drive the ball. Um, he had some some standout moments defensively. 
Uh, he's certainly made a name for himself as, as definitely one of the better catchers uh, for the 2025 class in Texas. Uh, I was really impressed with him. Um, you know, Brady Janusik and Braxton Van Cleve probably statistically didn't have the events that they'd prefer, but they both had some really black flashes. It seemed like Van Cleve's bat got going right when the event was starting to wind down. I know he got into one uh, and drove it out of the park um, one of the later days there, but um, a really good group, top to bottom. Um, you know, arms-wise, Brody Cayley was throwing really hard and punched out a lot of guys in eight innings. Um, Jackson Rickert racked up nine strikeouts in six innings. Um, Marcos Paz had seven strikeouts in four and a third. I think all those guys probably didn't control the zone as well as we've seen them control the zone. Uh, but you still saw moments where they were really, really clicking and just dominant on the mound. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, like I said, that, that's a team that we had pegged. I mean, obviously we saw them come all the way through and win it last year as a 15 year old group and, and they have some new pieces this, mm -hmm. this summer. Um, and I think there's, there's an adjustment period for some of those guys, but um, you had, I mean, Caden Mitchell swung the bat. Well, uh, Hudson Knight is a player that I like a lot. He's just a, a really good baseball player. You know, he finds himself in the middle of a lot of things to me. Uh, Max Bushy had, um, had, a, had a good tournament. I thought he was impressive behind the plate, swung the bat, had some good at bats. Devin Miller, uh, threw 14 innings over the event. He's a guy yeah. that would have definitely been in the mix for the most outstanding pitcher if they had won ended up winning. Um, but, I he really competed against, um, against Midland in that semifinal game. That was a, that was a exciting. I mean, that we looked up and then like 45 minutes in, they were in like the sixth inning. Um, both pitchers on both sides for them and Midland were just going back and forth in it. And they had to go to the, the tiebreaker rule in eight innings. And um, so the, any runs he gave up in that were guys that were inherited. I, mm -hmm. Let me ask, how does, I, I should know this, but how does the, how do statistics work in those scenarios when you put runners on like that? Like do, does that count as a run, but not an earned run? How does that work for a pitcher? So, you know, yeah. So they do it on the pro side. Um, it counts as a run, but not an earned run. Got um, it. Okay. Is the, is, I think is the way they score. Cause you see it a lot of times with extra inning games. If you have your closer in fantasy, uh, you know, like, Oh man, is he going to get charged with a run? No, they end up like any run that starts the inning put there for a tiebreaker type situation uh -huh. does not count as, as an earned run. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But I, I, we ran into that and I was like, cause I, in the back of my mind, like I was thinking, I was like, he's going to be in the running for this. And then they start, you know, he didn't give up a run mm -hmm. all the way through the first seven innings. And he went back out for the eighth and you know, they scored, they scored some runs there, but I mean, it, I mean, nothing that would have been as a result of guys that he led on. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah. Okay. So interesting, but yeah, so some other guys, um, Bryson Fields is new to the team. I uh, think there's some real potential there. Hunter Ortiz is a guy that um, that does some nice stuff. He was up to 86, 87 on the mound mm -hmm. uh, in the championship game. Um, but, yeah, Brady Janusek did some – he hit a ball, smashed a line drive in that semifinal game that was like, okay, <laughs> yeah. There it is. Um, Zach Hefner, uh, we know what he can do as a player. Mm -hmm. Just a really good baseball player. I mean, you 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 see it's pretty obvious that he and Eli Willits are uh sons of college baseball coaches yeah. because that 
they know how to play the game. They move right. They always seem to be in the right spot. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about a lot of these kids throughout the year. Um, mm-hmm. And it's real obvious why guys like Marcos Paz and Carter Rutenbar. I mean, Carter Rutenbar is to me, one of the best hitters in this class. Um, I just, you it's know, really he, looked that he, just, way. he always, he always looks in control. Um, mm-hmm. There's a confidence when he's up there and he does not get cheated. And, like you mentioned, like you don't see a lot of guys that take hacks like he does and don't strike out ever. Yes. Um, So that's, that's something that's impressive. And, you know, he's a guy we talk about liking, liking football players. Carter's a quarterback. So uh, you can just see the confidence that, that he exudes on the field and it's, he's fun to watch. And then, you know, one other note, JJ Drogo, who was one of my favorite players on that team last year's rehabbing a shoulder injury um so he think he's gonna be out most of if not all the summer but he was still out there uh every time i saw him play he was out there cheering him on just being a part of things and so it's you know it's a team like that you can see the culture in it you know yeah. i mean it, they didn't enjoy that i mean and it's not like they live close to melissa either uh being out in white house but they were there for most for on the weekend and thought that was good to see you know just staying in the middle of it somehow um you know that wasn't impressive to me yeah, I mean, yeah you just... know on, on that note you know it's kind of it's it's probably just a coincidence but like two guys that that knew each other but like hung out at the park a lot just like watching games were dame perry and carter rootenbar it's kind of yep. funny that those two guys were catchers that ended up winning mvp awards that like you know like you just like guys that like being around the game and, and watching other teams. It, it, I don't know. It just, it, it, I think there's something to say sometimes about that. Just like, you know, that those guys just love being around the game and talking about the game and watching the game and, and that sort of thing. So yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's just probably a pure coincidence, but I did find that a little bit, a little bit funny. That those two guys end up performing so well. Um, you know, speaking of performance, um, the Colorado groups, the Slammers, um, the Holzmer team was in that national pool A and ended up playing really, really deep into that. And I was I was really impressed by both of those teams. Um, you know, yeah. it's, it's fun when the out of state teams come because I feel like there's there's a there's a different energy, you know, because it's like, hey, you know, we made the trip. We're going to go play this top Texas event. We're going to go play all this competition. And like, they, they were all into it. And of course, if you're going to talk about the Slammers Holzmer team, you got to start with Thomas Stewart, who was just phenomenal um, on, on both sides of the ball committed to Virginia. I mean, just was obvious that he was a head and shoulders above a lot of people there in terms of talent, skill production. I mean, he ended up only striking out once in 19 plate appearances um, hit two bombs, uh, drove in 13 runs, made several standout plays at shortstop, um, threw really well on the mound for those guys. Like it's uh, he's just, a, he's just a little bit different. I mean, he went five innings, struck out seven, only gave up three hits, didn't give up any runs. Like it's a different type of talent. Um, you know, it kind of, yeah, uh, it, 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 it was impressive against a good team too. Yes. And, it's just him and I mean, he kind of wrote him and Carson Broombaugh to me were kind of similar in that, that their skill and their talent level and the way they played the games and stuff like that. But just like the, the, the ability to make quality contact and to do it consistently and to do it against good arms. I mean, he was phenomenally good. Um, and I really liked watching Connor Larkin hit too. Uh, really liked what he did from the left side. 
Another guy that only struck out once in 19 plate appearances. Just very smooth, good left-handed swing, super productive. Ended up hitting 438. Um, had a couple doubles, a triple. Uh, just was a consistent force for those guys. Josh McWilliams is a guy that caught my attention. Uh, I just really liked watching, you know, both those groups play. Um, and this Holzmer team made a really deep run. And, um, you know, I, I was like, man, they could they could win this bracket and get out of there. Um, they ended up coming up just short, but just a really impressive uh, impressive group. It was fun to watch those guys. Yeah. I mean, Stewart, he ended up being our co-offensive MVP. And I mean, if they had gone further, there'd probably been a really, e- I mean, there would have been a really easy case for him to just be the MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, if he would end up pitching again, uh, probably on, uh, if they would have advanced, but I mean, he's a real deal. Um, he belongs at the top of any, sort of lists that are out there. And I mean, just, I mean, like you said, the stat line was ridiculous. Like (laughs) just he, he can hit and he can pitch. I mean, I didn't, I, I would, if you would have told me he was a PO uh, after watching that first outing on Tuesday, I'd have been like, yeah, he'd still at the top of the list. But (laughs) but then, then a couple of days later, you look at his uh, statistics on the, on the offensive side and it's like, okay, um, maybe this guy's going to have a choice to make down the road. So, um, yeah, special player. Uh, I'll echo your sentiment on the out-of-state teams. You know, some Mm -hmm. teams we'll talk about a little bit later, but, you know, they just kind of have some added energy. It's just kind of, you know, some of them, you know, not that teams here take for granted playing in this stuff, but, you know, they – I think you always feel a sense of energy from the out-of-state teams that are really excited to be there, and that just Mm -hmm. adds to the excitement of the entire event. and it you you kind of it's funny you you know where those teams are a lot of times when you're at the complex because you can hear them. Uh, the Hawaii team's a team like we'll talk about in a little bit, but they're always fun to have here. And like you said, both of those Colorado teams showed very well uh, from the Slammers organization. And man, they pump out some arms. Um, you know, yeah. from listening to Ryan Brewer talk about it, they have a pretty good system when it comes to pitching, um, and it shows. Um, so, yeah, they're a team that's always fun to have down, and uh, it'll be fun to follow some of these guys over the next couple of years for sure. Yeah, it's one of those things, too. If you play, like, deep into Friday in, in this event, like, you're going to get, like, 20 plate appearances. Um, so, like, that's a pretty – for a summer, that's a pretty decent-sized sample. Like, if you come to an event like this over 20 plate appearances and, and you perform – um chances are it's not a it's not a fluke you know like because you're gonna see good arms you're probably gonna there are gonna be some days where you know you're you're playing you know maybe multiple games or or just having to turn around really quick like so if you can perform like this i mean with with Stewart, it was just like no joke it was like every single at bat it was like all right you know He's probably going to hammer one this at bat um, and uh, just, yeah, but that the arms they pumped out, it was, it was a really, really fun group to watch. Um, and before we move pools here, let's uh, go through a couple more pool a teams. Um, Kane Southwest premier. I got to watch them a little bit. Uh, speaking of arms, Johnny Solinsky, uh, who's committed to Baylor 2025 from Johnson city. One of the, one of the lefties that was part of the famous duo down there that basically averaged, almost averaged a no hitter in like 20 strikeouts per game. 
at Johnson City, where they just had some of the most absurdly dominant statistics I've ever seen for for high school pitchers. Um, he ended up throwing seven innings, was up to 89 miles an hour, change up really, really flashed. Uh, good athlete, made a really good play in left field defensively, kind of a circus real catch. Um, you can see why Baylor jumped on that one early on. He's still got a lot of projection, too, uh, but there's already a lot to like from that side. David Womack ended up striking out 10 and in seven innings in a start from Lake Travis. I saw him a little bit during the spring. He ended up throwing some really crucial innings for those uh, for Lake Travis late in the season. Um, sliders really tough on, on righties, throws the fastball for a strike, a lot of glove side command. Um, I think that he's going to be a guy that pitches some really quality innings for Lake Travis's upcoming season. Um, and then Thomas Schnabel, uh, ended up hitting 636, um, in, uh, in 15 plate appearances and he can fly. I mean, it's like six, four, six, five, 60 time, um, four, one, four, two down the line from the right side, physical center fielder. Um, really looks the part. I think he's going to be a guy that gets some college attention for sure, uh, especially as that recruiting period picks back up again. And then a couple guys didn't have like big statistical tournaments, but um, Kevin Haslam, who played third base, um, just missed hitting a couple homers in the game I saw. Um, bigger kid, he's going to project and fill out some more, add some more strength. He's got some impact barrel feel. Um, and then Andrew Sanchez, kind of that same boat. I just saw him miss just a couple pitches as well. Um, but he can really impact the baseball as a guy that I know goes to uh, goes to Rouse High School that uh, I know they're excited about down there. He's got a chance to really be a thumper in the middle of the lineup there. But um, good group, some standout guys on the mound. Um, but Selinski, you can see why Baylor jumped in on that one um, as a guy that's got a, got a real chance to make some noise and um, become one of the better left-handed pitchers in the state of Texas for 2025. Yeah, no doubt. There, uh, try to looking back through just to make sure that we hit all of our notes. I think that's you know, the, the, uh, the the Longhorns. I felt bad for them. They, you know, they ran into they ran Stewart. into the Stewart bus. <laughs> Here, welcome to the Pudge. Here's your first match <laughs> matchup. Yeah, so they, you know, they were a team that you know has some big time players, Luke Billings and guys like that. Um, but yeah, I think uh, let's see sticks. 2026 scout. So they, so they've, they had one of my favorite guys of the event, um, Cole Kaninger from Keller. Yeah. yeah. Man, uh, he listed at like 62, 180, and it certainly looked at it. Played shortstop at a really high level. Um, moves around exceptionally well for a guy that, that age and that size. Um, showed a big arm from the hole at shortstop, hammered the ball multiple times, uh, ended up hitting 417. I really, really like his upside. I know he played some innings at the varsity level for Keller this past year. Um, that's certainly the the shortstop of the future there at Keller. And um, he's he's got a chance to be a really, really special prospect. Um, and I know Preston Lewis is a guy that we both liked that caught our attention during the during the high school season. Um, I think he's, he, he's definitely got a chance to be a high-end guy in that 2026 class. But um, Kaninger and I was like, man, I cannot – no one of those guys, like, I cannot believe this is a 2026 prospect. Like, um, yeah. Sean Otterburn had some really nice moments for those guys. Um, Logan Brown statistically didn't have a great outing, but he was up to 85, had some life to his stuff. Another Keller guy in the 2026 class. That 2026 group at Keller um, had some guys that definitely caught well, our attention there. But – um, well, you that, also, that was you a also, fun group to sit on a little bit. 
you also had uh 2027 will mcintyre um from boyd 27 oh my gosh yeah kevin kirkuff um from from rowlett's another kid that hits at the top of the lineup and he's he's a fun one to watch play you can tell there's some real bat speed in there um and then colby Britton from salina is a guy that that did some nice things for the bobcats this year as well so yeah i think that i think that about covers it for the for the 20 uh for the sorry for pool a um yeah, it's a couple of C2 guys, Justin Holcomb and Drew Smith, who caught my eye at San Houston State, had really strong events um, as well. I know those guys had a couple of tough matchups that just ended up going their way um, early on, but I, I always like watching them. They got a physical lineup, man. They're, they're going to have some guys end up being some hitters that that some colleges are definitely going to pay attention to, and those are two guys that, that, uh, that definitely caught my attention. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Moving over to National Pool B. Dallas Tigers, Hernandez, and, and Midland Redskins, 16U, ended up duking that out. Uh, Midland had to end up, you know, winning two games um, to come out of that bracket there. Um, a group that, you know, uh, Hogan Nelson, to me, like, I feel like every time I watch them, Hogan Nelson did something offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, just he made a highlight catch in center field, um, really swung the bat well. Uh, one of those guys that, you know, it, it's it's not just like back speed and strength. There's some real knowledge of, you know, how to get to barrel the different parts of the zone. Uh, I think he understands who he is. It's like when he can get a pitch to pull, he's going to pull it. Uh, he's going to probably hit it pretty hard as well. Um, so I, I liked watching that group. Um, and they had some guys on the mound as well. Uh, another killer 2026 guy um, uh, was a Connor Davenport. Um, mm-hmm. I believe was up to he was up to 89. It was funny. It was that part of the event where you're kind of bouncing around the field to field, and then you kind of hear this sound on another field of mint popping. You look over, and there's just like this, you know, six foot three guy on the mound throwing really hard. It's like, oh, let, let's let's go make sure that we uh let's go make sure that we go in there and check out this. And um sure enough, he, he threw really well. Uh, again, was up to 89. Uh, I think he's got a chance to be a, a high-end arm at Keller, another Keller 2026 guy that I know that they've got to be excited about. But um, that Midland team, really strong performance by them. Yeah. Um, another guy, Jacob Sivak, was playing shortstop in that semifinal game yesterday. And, man, I like the way he handles the ball, moves around uh, defensively. Mm-hmm. Um Riley Wood was the other half of that really good pitching performance that moved quick and um, yielded no runs uh, through regulation seven innings. Um, So impressive outing by him. Uh, But yeah, they just play the game right. You know, they're one of those teams that I think that the sum is greater than the parts, Mm -hmm. Um, but they've got some good parts too. Um, but they, they may not have some of the star power that some of the other teams we've talked about thus far have at this point. Um, but I mean, they play, they played good baseball, um, you know, that back and, or not even, I guess, technically back and forth game with the Tigers, um, to make it to the final four, but yeah, they, they were another team. They went through regulation, um, went all the way through regulation zero, zero, two games in a row. Um, they won the first one on, uh, the Tigers bowing out, um, just due to lack of arms and heading to Florida this week. But um, that team, I mean, they were impressive, man. There's some really good defense and pitching uh, from that, from, from that team. And 
uh, you know, moving back to the Tigers, you know, there's some, there's some guys that we know quite a bit about uh, just because of where they live uh, specifically for me, but um, impressive outings for some of those guys on the week, Landon Ammerman from Heath, six innings, 10 Ks, uh, Caleb Gilreath, uh, did some nice things. He did some stuff on the mound and it's a plate. Brady, Brady Latisau, um, physical right-handed hitting mm-hmm. outfielder. Um, really, you know, he's really starting to come into his own uh, after this, you know, he, he started picking things up, you know, some point during district this year and really took off and was hitting in, I think in the three hole for, for the stretch run for, for Heath. Uh, He's one of those guys I was surprised at how well he moved in center field. You know, just like younger guys oh, yeah. that are that yeah. physical. Like, but man, he moved. He he really moved well. Yeah. Uh, Jake Fultz, uh, Kentucky commit from Jesuit. Mm-hmm. Just you can tell he knows how to play the game. Uh, very fundamentally sound. Uh, Parker Ivy had a couple extra base hits uh, and, and caught. Tyler Holmes, nine and a third innings on the week uh, with 12 Ks. And then Case Hogg uh, hit 571 for the event. He uh, was so. such a, like a, and I mean this in a, a very complimentary way. He was a very annoying hitter for opposing yeah. pitches. Like, yes. It was just like against, I mean, I saw him get some, some pretty good stuff. And it's one of those guys that just like gets in there. He's not going to give away, in a, he's not going to give away a single pitch. And he's going to put the bat on the ball somehow. So yeah, he was just like one of those guys. I imagine pitchers like God, not him again, because um, you knew you're in for a grind out battle with him because he's going to figure out a way to put the bat on the ball. Yeah, no doubt. They're you know they're one of those teams that uh, they just you, you know what you're getting with them. There's a lot of fundamentally sound baseball that's going to be played. Um, you know the the Tigers to me like they're a team that a lot of times carries a smaller roster than some of these teams. Um, they go deep in some of these uh, longer events, but mm-hmm. man, they just have a bunch of guys that can do a bunch of stuff. And you look up, and they're way deep down the road in the in, in these types of events. So, um, and that's I feel like that's how Tommy's teams have been for a long time. Including, well, yeah, he I- he does a great job. Yeah, it's just, I was watching them um, face a really good arm um, from Kyle Chapman. One of the, I mean, we'll talk about him in a little bit. One of the better arms I saw, and it's like. They just hey, if you if you give them an extra out, they'll score a run out of it. You know, if you give them an extra yep. base, they're gonna take it. Like if they're, you know, if they need to steal a bag or put a ball in play or move a guy over or whatever it is, it's just like you look up, it's like, how did they score four runs off this guy in four innings? You know, but that's just that's just kind of the way they do it. And yeah, it's an interesting point, you know, kind of the, the smaller rosters. It's like, you know, you get a bunch of baseball players that like, okay, I can pitch a few innings or I can play in the outfield. I can play in the infield. I can get you a hit here or there, whatever it is. Um, but it's just like, it's just, you look up and it's like, I don't know how they put these runs up there, but there they are just pushing runs across somehow and winning a lot of baseball games. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's how they've been for a long, long time. Um, yeah. So staying in that, in that B division, uh, moving over to the GPS Montgomery team. Um, several guys on that team that I really like guys that mm-hmm. we've seen in some of our events before. Um, but always good to get a, another look at them as they've gotten older and stronger and all that. But, uh, Joseph Sandusky had a really good event. Yep. Um, I like Colby Fowler a lot. He just looks the part and moves the mm-hmm. right way. And, um, you know, physical, strong presence that can run a little bit, uh, 
Connor Helms is a guy we've talked about before. Um, he definitely looks the part and can play the game the right way. Hudson Hartgrove was a guy that really impressed me this weekend. And yeah, uh, we we've seen Alexander Kovar before. Uh, he did some nice stuff. And then Cole, what did we go with last time? Rame? Ramey, I think. I think. Ramey. Okay. All right. So yeah. So, but Cole, um, there, I mean, just, you know, some guys that, that we've seen before, but, uh, guys that never get tired of watching them play. So, um, yeah, that yeah. that GPS Montgomery team is has some some really interesting pieces. Yeah, if you if you are going to be in the market for middle infielders for twenty twenty five, this is going to be a group that you're probably going to want to pay attention to. Um, you know, Sandusky, I saw him in the spring, and McNeil um, starting shortstop there definitely looked the part of a prospect of the future. Helms at Dripping Springs. Um, saw him in a bomb in the spring. Uh, he made a really fantastic play from shortstop at this event. You mentioned Fowler, him patrolling the you know center field. Like up the middle, this was a really fun team to watch. Kovar at catcher. Um, you know, they're, they're going to be a team I think the college coaches are going to pay close attention to. Um, it's always fun seeing my syntax guys come up here and, and perform at a high level and, and turn some heads. Um, but yeah, that's a group for sure that's that's got some guys. Um, we would mention the out-of-state teams and energy. Uh, I don't think anybody better represents that than um, than Hawaii 2G Elite when they come down and, and play because it's uh, you always know when they're playing and where they are because the energy they take to the park. And fun group to watch, particularly defensively. Um, Tanner Fugino at shortstop uh, was a really high-level defender. Um, you know, Alan Yap didn't have the offensively the event he'd probably prefer, but – I loved watching him patrol center field. Uh, it's rare to see a guy with that kind of size and height and length move as effortlessly and track baseball as the way um, that he did there. Um, had some bright moments defensively. Logan Hanma um, had some really standout moments with the bat. Um, Alakai Keokana uh, ended up, you know, really swinging the bat well, uh, hitting 444 for those guys over the course of the event. Um, you know, Kainoa Kaneshiro. Uh, was big time producer with the bat, did not strike out a single time, and he didn't get cheated in there. Um, you know, he really let the bat speed go. Um, and then on the mound, Alan Yap punched out 11 and seven innings. Um, Alakai Kiyokana, um, seven strikeouts, only gave up two hits, one earned run. Uh, he actually took, I believe, a perfect game into the seventh inning of a start. Mm-hmm. And um, there's just something about lefties with good changeups that have really quick arms. It's just really fun to watch. Um, it's not fun to hit against, uh, as he racked up a lot of whiffs that pitch against righties, but like really quick, loose arms. And he's like, you see the fastball arm speed and, and the, here comes the changeup. Um, and he racked up a lot of swings and misses with that pitch, but, um, fun group to watch, um, as is usual, strong catching, strong up the middle defense and, um, at least a couple arms that can really pitch and really compete. That's almost, you can almost bank on like getting that every single time with the Hawaii teams when they come down to one of our events. Yeah. And I know you, uh, you mentioned an arm for Kyle Chapman. Talk a b- little bit about that before we move on to, to pool C. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's always one of my favorite things about this event is like, you know, we try to know as many guys as we can, but, uh, it's, you know, we're just not going to know everybody. And I look over and, you know, Preston Sullivan gets on the mound, uh, I believe from Episcopal yep. and uh, Houston area. And I'm watching him like, oh, this looks, this looks really firm. This looks really good. 
get back there and it's 87, 88, 89, a lot of strikes, great looking frame. Then he starts spinning a good cur- overhand curveball. I'm like, okay, all right, this now we're cooking. And then he snaps off some sliders that were 79 to 81. And it was maybe the best slider in the event. Uh, could back foot it against lefties. Um, really commanded it well, executed it. Uh, he's one of those guys that like he pitched against um, Tigers Hernandez. And you look up and it's like, I don't know if they've hit a ball out of the infield through four innings and they've got three runs. Like, how, how does this happen? Um, so like, if you look at his box score, you're like, oh, this guy, you know, was he that good? Yes, he he was absolutely that good. Um, definitely, I, I know once he started throwing, the college coaches at the next field were kind of looking over, and they started moving their way over real quick um, to get some eyes on him and jot down some notes. But uh, I was extremely impressed. Uh, I think that he's got a really bright future as a starting pitching prospect. Uh, got a chance to be one of the better righties in the 2025 class. And, you know, threw a lot of pitches, but there he is deep into the outing, still touching 87 miles an hour, uh, which in the summer is is kind of a rare deal when you're able to hold your stuff like that. But really fun guy to watch. Definitely somebody I'm really excited to follow his progress in the future. Um, and that Kyle Chapman team was a physical group, man. They were uh, really competitive, had some talent up and down the lineup. Logan Johnson really swung the bat well for them. So did Easton Wolf as well. But uh, Preston Sullivan, for sure, is a guy that I'm excited to follow in the future. Well, yeah, and they were they were missing some guys too. Um, I know Miles Young wasn't. I got Miles Young, yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, it's a good group. I mean, that you know, you can get several kids from Episcopal uh, sprinkled in there, and obviously the you know Mike Rutledge's grandson Tanner Witt, uh, former Episcopal, he was actually coaching them this team last year. Um, I think it was at the I want to say it was at the Bregman, maybe in the five tool World Series, but. Um, Tanner, obviously not there coaching this summer, but it was always good to see him mm-hmm. out there with his brothers uh, helping this Kyle Chapman organization. So that was always neat for me. One of the OG names, like I remember growing up, you know, in Houston, oh, yeah. like that that was, you know, it was always one of the premier names and, uh, and, and cool to see those guys continue to do it the right way and compete at the high level. Yep, no doubt. All right. Well, that's all I had for, for B. Um Anything else before we move? Yeah, Cooper, a couple of Cooperstown Cobras guys. They they played yeah. well. Um, you know, I've seen a couple of their teams this summer perform at a high level. Noah Murphy really swung the bat well. Um, Cash Perkins had some bright moments. Mason Malone. Um, you know, Mac Lerma was a guy circled both on the mound and as a hitter. Um, really caught my attention. And I want to say he made the the scrimmage game at Area Code tryouts recently. Yeah. Um, so certainly a guy to follow there. And then Mason Bell threw the threw the ball well. Um, as well but yeah let's move over to national pool c all right let's see who we got here um group that was won by the 625 prospects black who knocked off the fuel to move on to the final four but yeah some some big time players in this uh pool um going over i'm, I'm gonna start with it. well let's just let's just work our way backwards um that sticks sticks prospects black team uh in the Oklahoma fuel, that prospects black team really, they impressed me uh, just, just the way they played the game. Uh, that seems to kind of be a common theme with a lot of those six teams is just uh, playing really good baseball. Uh, but a couple of guys I liked on that team that, that I wrote down um, Aiden Austin's a guy from Allen, uh, that big time athlete. Can really I had him circle too. Field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Caden Campbell's a guy 
that I've seen. He plays on the same high school team with Carter Rudenbar. Uh, so I liked him this spring. I think he plays plays the game the right way. Um, let's see. Uh, Callan Warren had a really good had a really good event uh, for for the sticks and. Man, you know, you just look up. There's one of those teams that you keep playing the game the right way, and you just mm-hmm. keep advancing. And that's how I felt, helped, like the the prospects black team did this this event. Yeah, and then Nick Foster, I I didn't know anything about him, and you know, first day I kind of he's one of the first games I see, and I was like, man, who's this righty on the mound that can that can really really spin it? Um, he's up to 87 miles an hour. Uh, got the fastball to the glove side. Uh, one of the better breaking ball curveballs in the event. Uh, 72 to 73 miles an hour. Spin rate was up to two, two, uh, 2,635 RPM. Could really just naturally spin the baseball. Uh, change up 81, 82. Dropped down to throw a slider at one point. Just kind of one of those loose frames that really projects with a quick arm. Um, one of those guys that like hasn't hit that big you know, physical, strong maturation phase of his physical development yet. Um, Just a really exciting prospect because there's a lot to work with. And already there's a lot of natural arm speed and the ability to spin a breaking ball and, and, you know, move the fastball to different parts of the play. I believe it goes to uh, Fort Worth uh, Country Day. Uh, And I I just like, man, circle that name. Uh, He's a guy that's got a real promise there. And then Dylan Dominguez, who ended up punching out eight and 8.1 innings, uh, 83, 84, lower slot look, got some run to the fastball. He was able to get to both sides of the plate, um, executed a slider, kind of a slower sleeper, sweeping slider at 71 miles an hour. And you know how much we love this, right on right swinging uh, changeups. Uh, get those whiffs of those right on right changeups. Don't be afraid to throw those things. And he wasn't. He was throwing it like the first inning of relief he got in there. It was like, bam, right on right changeup for a whiff there. So, uh, a guy I definitely enjoyed watching on the mound as well, and he's got a bright future uh, uh, this summer and beyond. Yeah, moving over to the fuel, I didn't get to see them the whole uh, a ton, but um, guy that you touched on already, Carson Brumball, um, just really good player. Um, Mason Pickering, uh, guy that did some nice stuff at the plate. Um, let's see who else we got here. Yeah, Mason Pickering had a good weekend. Carson had scored seven runs in six games so definitely on base a lot yeah had a two doubles and a triple um couple rbis uh justin tracy uh six rbis on the event scored five runs himself uh but i know i think you got to see the fuel a little bit yeah i did i went over to to, uh anna high school because i just wanted to make it a point to see you know broomball at least once in in person um and like he is really, really advanced at getting the barrel to pitches um, so much so that it's like the next step, I think, for his development. And this isn't a, by any means a criticism, but like he's so good at making contact that sometimes he'll make contact at pitches early in the count that weren't ideal pitches to make contact on. But like he's just so skilled at getting the barrel to stuff and strong already that he can still hit those pitches hard. Um, once he kind of like really starts fine tuning the approach, I mean, he's going to be, he's already a, a <laughs> elite prospect, uh, but it's going to make the bat jump off the page even more. He made a couple of plays at shortstop on slow rollers in the game. I saw that were really high level. Obviously we know what he's like on the mound, 89 miles an hour and can get whiffs with multiple pitches. Uh, just a really, really fun player to watch. 
Um, you know, Boston Knowles is another guy that that had some bright moments when I saw them, moved really well, ball came off the bat well. Uh, Pickering, I thought, in an event that had a lot of really good catchers, he was definitely one of the better catchers that I saw on both sides. Um, mm-hmm. Kid to do it defensively, really impacted the baseball um, as well. And then uh, Noah and Trinkin, I believe, threw really well for them. Uh, only gave up one run and eight and a third. But fun group, you know, another one of those out-of-state teams. I really love seeing them in our stuff because – um, not only do they always have talent and skill and, and, and that sort of thing, but like, you know, they always compete at a high level, um, they all a lot, bring a lot of energy and it's, you kind of get a glimpse of, okay, these are, you know, some of the top players in Oklahoma, um, coming down here and really performing at a high level against, you know, a lot of Texas guys and, and beyond as well. So I was glad to see them again and always enjoy it when they're, when they're downplaying our stuff. All right. Yeah. One of the, one of the best players overall for the entire event for me, going back to that dueling Dodgers team, um, is, um, uh, excuse me, Brody Walls. Um, oh, yeah. Sorry. He, he had a big time outing, uh, hit a home run as well in the event. Um, just there's a reason why the University of Texas went after him so early. Um, and, he's going to have a chance to be one of the very top players in the entire state, if not the country. Um, so I, I didn't get to see his outing, but I saw enough of the clips and I've seen enough of him um, to this point to know that he's different. You know, he's, he's one of those guys that people will find a way to go see. Yeah. Um, but a couple other guys on that team, uh, Garrett Hutchins is a guy that I like in the past. Uh, Jody Mario is a guy that really I got to see a couple of bats of his and he, he, he had some atom balls. Yeah. He didn't have a whole lot to show for it in the stat, in the stat sheet, but man, he, he swung the bat a couple of times and really drove some balls. So that, that hit tool is really there for him. Um, looks like he's in good shape. Uh, you know, just one of my favorite guys in that class, um, just really good baseball player knows how to hit, uh, knows how to play the game, got up on the mound and pitched some, um Aaron Grant got to see him move around um, really smooth defensively yeah was really impressed with him and the short look that I got of him uh Hunter Vincent's a guy from Prosper that I think is going to have a really big future uh kind of growing into his body I noticed I didn't I didn't get to see him but I noticed that Michael Osenfort um younger brother of last year's um I guess it would have been the Mattingly champion MVP yeah uh from from South Dakota, but I saw that he's going to Stoneman Douglas down in Florida on the list. So that was interesting. But Brody Maddox, another guy from Prosper that I like. Um, but I it's a team I didn't I didn't see a whole lot this week, but it's full of guys that I know I really like as players. Um so Reese Ogden is another one good player, catcher from Lovejoy, um that that I like as well. Yeah, I ended up seeing Walls, and I had never seen him before. Um, so I was especially excited. And he was, like, the one where I had the epiphany, like, oh, my gosh, this class is really, really good because, you know, they're, they're probably, I don't know, I'm just spitballing, like, 15, 20, like, really, really high-end prospects like that, you know, like guys in a typical class that might be, like, a top five player in the class, but there's just a lot more of them in this 2025 group. Um, and he's – you know, it's a really tough look for hitters. It's it's lower slot. Um, he's a good athlete. It's it, it it comes easy to him. The arm speed, the arm strength. 
Um, he's one of those guys that I think he sat like 85, 87. Then when he wanted to just ramped it up to 91, 92, no problem. Didn't even have like super crazy herky jerky effort. Just like, all right, I'm just going to put a little bit more into this one. Um, could pitch, could really spin a slider. Uh, it was definitely one of the better sliders in the event. Um, high spin. I think it had it in the 2600 spin rate. Could, uh, could execute it. Could throw it for a strike early in counts, buried it later in counts. Um, could pitch, uh, swung the bat really well, but like, uh, I think I like him a little more as a pitcher than a hitter, but he's also a really high end hitter and and infielder as well. But it was a fun, fun look, um, on the mound. It's just one of those obvious ones. You see him throw inning. You're like, yep, yep. That's, that's what it's supposed to look like. You know, that's what a really high end prospect on the mound is supposed to look like in the 2025. Uh, but yeah, you can see why that uh, Texas made that move early on. And also why he's, he's definitely one of the best, um, one of the best in Texas for his age group. Um, the, the Texas Braves blue uh, made some noise in that bracket as well. I want to give a shout out to Scooter new uh, who caught. Um, he also didn't punch out once and walk six times and hit 364, but he was – I had so much fun watching him catch because it was one of the quickest releases I've seen, and it was, like, in the glove and out, and he was, like, throwing the ball to a spot at second base. It was, like, a quarterback throwing a deep comeback route before the receiver had even come out of his break and turned his head around. It was, like, bam, bam, it's out. Um, and just, like, so much fun to watch. He caught two He caught two runners stealing in the game that I watched. Um you know, a little bit undersized, but for a 2025 guy, obviously he's still got plenty of time to, you know, grow, fill out, get strong, all those sorts of things. But man, again, an event with a lot of catchers, um, he, he might be a little hidden gem. I don't know how famous he is or, you know, how much he, he was recruited before things slowed down, the rules change or whatever. But he was a, he was a dude back there defensively. I really enjoyed watching him, uh, him work. And then, you know, Murphy Page had a really good event for those guys as well. Um, and then on the mound, K. Julius threw really well, um, struck out eight guys in seven innings, only gave three hits and one earned run. Um, you know, that's Blake's younger brother, isn't it? Yes. I think. Because yes. I was going to say, the resemblance physically is uncanny. <laughs> like, it's like similar delivery, similar stuff, similar body type. I was like, that's got to be, there's got to be a relation here. And sure enough, there was. But he threw really well for those guys, and he's got a chance to be like his brother, a definite D1 prospect there. But but fun group and man, Scooter knew he even got on the mound and threw seven innings and only get up one hour run. Like he was, he was a dude for those guys this week. Yeah, no doubt. I, I didn't get a chance to see them play, but you could tell they were playing some good ball just based on the teams they were playing and the, some of the scores that you saw go across. Um, let's see, looking through, looking through for some, uh, that five-star performance national team. Um, has some names that we're familiar with. Ethan Downham coming off of a coming off of the state uh, title run up for Frisco Reedy. Um, you know, didn't didn't get to see him, but no, he's a really good player. Uh, Tristan Rayleigh from Rockwall is a guy that I like uh, watching him play. Um, they got a bunch of guys that that I, I just like the way they move. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they didn't they didn't make it too deep, but uh, it's a team that has some really good players on it. Um, some guys that'll end up being some household names in time. Uh, but you know they're a team that I was hoping would get to go a little bit further just to just to watch them play. But 
Easton Sanders is a guy that did some nice stuff. Um, but trying to look through the rest of the bracket and see what yeah, we missed. Yeah, DFW Twins, uh, 16U Black, um, really physical group, uh, just a lot of size. Um, you know, Jet Vindayola um, yeah. caught my attention. Um, like the arm, the arm action, the arm speed. Um, Reese Vindiola, those have got to be brothers, I think. Um, so Jets a 2026 from Weatherford in um, Rise. Yeah, it should be Rise, like Rise Hoskins. Um, is a 2025 from Weatherford. Um, good frame, good movements defensively. I thought he was really interesting um, at shortstop. Um Caden, uh, Caden Hubbard was up to 84 miles an hour on the mound. Um, liked the way the slider looked. Um, you know, really physical group. A uh, lot of talent up and down. I know they threw the ball collectively really well on the mound um, and kind of made some noise there. And then um, South Texas sliders, Cooper Chambers is the guy that we heard a lot about. You know, one of the kind of one of those guys like, hey, man, you want to watch this guy play defense? You know, it's like, okay, you know, like wouldn't be the first time if somebody told me a guy's really good at shortstop and it's just kind of okay. No, it was, it was really good. Um, he made multiple like really highlight plays defensively that kind of showed off the instincts, the athleticism, the agility. Um, you can see why he's got a reputation as being a really high end defender um, in that class at a premium position. Certainly a guy that's, I think, going to be on the radar of a lot of programs uh, moving forward. Well, the the thing for me is like when when Matt Pierce tells me a guy uh, when he, he, he he's a coach that's seen some guys and when yeah. he starts putting a guy like Cooper Chambers in a category with some of the players that he was listing off, you have to listen. Um, you know, Matt's a great baseball guy, one of the uh, one of the really good baseball minds in the Houston Houston landscape. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and he knows what it's supposed to look like. And I always enjoy watching his teams play just because I know he does a good job and does things the right way and uh, really puts some effort into, into coaching these guys. So, you know, that they're going to know the game, you know, that they're going to do things the right way. So when he talks about a guy, like he was talking about Cooper chambers to us, um, that, that says a lot. And, you know, it's almost filed away with, you know, guys that you don't even really have to watch to be able to tell are going to be really good. But, um, it is fun to watch him. So glad we got a chance to do do some of yeah. that for sure. Matt Butler was another guy for them that I liked from the right side, swing the bat. Good frame, took really good at bats. Um, you know, like the way that he projected with the bat. Yeah, definitely. Anything else before moving to Pool D? Let's move to Pool D, the last of the four national pools. Uh, another Slammers team um, made some noise before Sticks 2025 Scout got real hot um in those those two games to get into the championship game um but slammers austin had um one of the games of the event um actually with sticks 2025 scout uh i guess sticks got their revenge to move on to the to the to the championship series there but um probably game of the tournament just early on um when when those those two went head to head and a big reason why uh, was was on the mound with uh, uh, Vidant Sharma, uh, big right-handed pitcher, probably about 6'2", 180, maybe 6'3", uh, up to 89 miles an hour. Curveball for strike, 66 to 70 miles an hour. The changeup was was a real weapon against lefties. Uh, but, like, that was a very energetic 
tense, not in a bad way, but just like both teams were kind of going back and forth and being loud and into the pitches. And like, he made a lot of big pitches um, and a lot of kind of stressful situations and really showed his competitiveness. Um, I was impressed. And it was a tough look too for hitters. I mean, he got off the mound with some extension, um, you know, could see why some of those left-handed hitters had a real problem kind of picking up the changeup uh, with the way he threw it there. So um, that was a, it was fun to watch them go toe to toe in that that game early on the event. Definitely one of the better games. Um, Ethan Zufall had 11 strikeouts in five innings. Uh, another guy threw really hard, uh, racked up a lot of whiffs with the breaking ball. Certainly looked apart. Good looking kid physically. Um, that's going to continue to make some jumps there. Um, and then on the hitting side, um, a couple of my guys I, I really circled. Owen Morgan statistically, you look at the line, you don't think much of it, but. Didn't strike out once. He had a several atom balls just like hit right at people on the screws. Really liked the way he swung the bat. Really liked the way he played defense defensively at shortstop. And then one of my favorite left-handed swings in the entire event, Ethan Sanchez, um, hit 400, um, five walks, zero strikeouts, 727 on base percentage. That's quite good. Uh, played right field, but like some really loud contact off the bat. Good looking swing. Um, definitely a guy that if I'm in that region, um, I'm circling his name as a guy to watch for sure in the 2025 class because he could really hit, um, and it really looked all right visually with the bat. Um, some of my favorite guys from that team. I, I really liked watching this group. They were a lot of fun, uh, both on the mound and with the bats as well. Well, just think about, you know, this is something interesting. <laughs> think about if you combine these two slammers teams. Yeah. That's you're talking about some really good arms, really good. I mean, you had two really good teams, but if you made put them together and make a super team, that that would have been fun to watch. Um, uh, but yeah, that, that game you talked about was definitely one of the most entertaining games of the tournament. Uh, Sharma was a blast to watch pitch. Um, he's he's got some, I think he's got some more left in the tank. Uh-huh. Um, but he can really pitch. I mean, he's throwing a good change up. Um, and the velo would jump up there every now and then. It was like, okay, it's in there. Uh, Zoot ball, like you mentioned, was really impressive. Yeah. Uh, just just a really good group. And you can tell that they're coached well also. Um, they play good baseball. And it's fun to watch fun to watch those teams play in these events. Yeah, another team I really like watching, uh, Texas Angels 2025 uh, Blipsum. Um, Jackson Hopper stood out to me defensively. Um, also had some some really bright moments with the bat. Another guy that didn't strike out a single time. Um, these like this organization always has like athleticism um, and skill, and that's that's no different with the 2025 group. Um, you know, Sam Miller was a guy uh, left-handed hitting catcher, had a strong event with the bat. Um, Colby Glinkscales, hope I got that right. Colby from Jim Clink. Ned. Clink skills, clink scales. Um, Jim Ned, home of, of Colt McCoy. Uh, That's really right. liked his swing. Um, caught my eye with the bat. Uh, Colt Tavares is another guy that had a really strong event. Um, they this is a group that hit well and, and certainly looked the part uh, of a group that knew it was doing when it got in a batter's box. There, um, Aiden Spurlock, um, had a pretty good event on the mound, and then Aiden Smith. Um, I believe that was a, a complete game that he threw. It was up to 85 miles an hour. Just kind of a tough look, kind of a different looking arm action from the right side. Held his stuff the entire game. 
Um, liked watching him on the mound. Um, from Bernie Champion down there, who those guys had a really, really, really deep run um, in the playoffs in a group that's that's going to be back in the mix next year because they bring a lot of those guys back. Yeah, uh, fun team. Hopper was a guy that I, I had started as well, just watching him catch and throw the ball around. Um, that's usually one of the first things that I look at in some of these things is just how they how they move around, uh, how they catch the ball, how they throw the ball, how they handle the ball when they're throwing balls in between innings, um, how they throw it around when they, you know, when they get outs. Uh, that's something that, you know, I mean, maybe overlooked by some people, but that that's stuff that I like to watch. And Hopper mm-hmm. was a guy that I, that stood out to me uh, on, but another group that made a little bit, made a little bit of noise was the 15 uh, U, UBC team uh, coached by Berto Gallegos. Um, one of a, you know, really good baseball guy. Um there's some big names on his team, Josh Byers. Um, Production-wise, he didn't have his best stuff, but he's one of the best players in the entire state for that age group in that 2026 class. Uh, Trent Belade, um is another guy that we've seen, 26 from Prestonwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a guy that you know that just because of his bloodlines that he's going to know how to play the game. Um, and we've seen him do really well playing against his own age group. Hayden O is another game, another name that you hear a lot uh, around here. Um, but group did well; they hung in there and and really showed well against some really good competition. That's a year older, but uh, they should be proud of their efforts from throughout the week. And um, you know, I know that they have a chance to really make some noise in in some of the events their age moving forward. Yeah. Uh, one last team: Texas Oilers, Sikkim U. Sherrard. Um, another team that made some noise in, in that bracket in Evan Lawn. Um, 1.484 OPS. Um, that'll certainly work. Six walks, only one strikeout. A guy that really swung the bat um, well. And Caden Mitchell was another where's, guy that was. Where's, where's Lawn from? Uh, I was waiting for it. I was waiting for it. So, like, so what, like, it's, what are we thinking? Where does he fit next year? Is he, uh, they're going to lose a, they lose a ton of guys. I gotta think yeah. that he's gonna. He's. I mean, he certainly looks like a dude that's gonna gonna compete to get some varsity run next year for sure. Um, no doubt, no doubt. He he's already had some and he's produced well. You know, I know he he played some last year, and but yeah, he's gonna be a big part of the future for Rockwall. Um, I, I don't know. You know, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do. You know, a lot of it's gonna be dependent upon you know where where they play uh, Dylan Chi. You know, they they have a bunch. You know. Obviously, Overstreet's back. They've got mm-hmm. Pickering coming up too. So yeah, do they leave Reebok um, in center, or move him, move him back into the infield, or yeah, you got Tristan Rayleigh. So it's going to be interesting to see. But uh, you know, Evans a guy that uh, Landon Locke. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Evans a guy that's going to factor in heavily down the road. But yeah, so that was a good call with him because he can he can really play. Yeah. Cade Miller threw really well on the mound. Four and two thirds innings, seven strikeouts, only two hits. Um, nowhere in runs and Caden Mitchell also, um, you know, stood out with the bat. I thought a little bit more, but then got on the mound and threw three and two thirds, um, shutout innings as well. Um, so a group that definitely competed well. They're another one. I think they lost their first game and had to really claw and battle to, to hang in there in that bracket and then make playing deep, deep into event there. So, um, that's, uh, that's all the national pools. Again, uh, we weren't able to, uh, mention, um, every team that played in there, but um, I know we probably had named at least 
100 guys going through here. But a really fun event. We really appreciate everybody that comes out and participates in it. And, you know, the teams from all over the place, DFW, well, Houston, gotta, hey, Celtics. Gotta, but before we move on, I want to go cover some of this, some of the stuff in the American side. Oh, uh, that's right. Quick. Yeah. Yeah. Because there are a couple of really standout performances uh, that Texas cannons um, ended up getting to the championship against the Victus team out of Colorado. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, we talk about the, those, uh, performances on the championship day mattering. I mean, we had, we had come up with what we, you know, an idea about halfway through the championship game of who we thought were going to win the superlatives, depending upon which side won. Um, and that kind of got flipped upside down when um, I think Trevor got Sagan through a, uh, a no hitter in the championship game. Um, so that was, that'll work. Yeah, that was that was pretty impressive. Um, he he did well um, moving through their team. Let's see, uh, that Victus team really showed well on the weekend. I was I was very impressed with them. Um, let's see who we got here. I get back to my notes as I keep flipping through here, but uh, but yeah, Tr- Trevor Gottsagen, um ended up taking home overall MVP because he did some stuff with the bat as well. Um, I'm trying to think. Hold on. Sorry. My internet's going a little slow. Brody Cirolis ended up being the catcher of the event on the American side. Carter Wilcox was the pitcher of the event. Um, really, really impressive on the mound for him. He went 12 innings, 16 Ks, no runs. That'll um, work. Yeah. And like I said, Trevor got taken through a no hitter in the championship game. So that was impressive. And then over moving over to the, to the uh, cannon side, um, Crosby Carmichael had a good event catcher from the cannons. Um, Jarrett Boswell was yeah, the offensive raked. MVP. Yeah. He, he had a, he had team. a really impressive event, but you know, I, it's one of the things, you know, that, you know, those cannons teams are going to be well coached. Mm-hmm. Um, they're currently, currently in first in the college league. There you um, go. So you got coach. Let Chan me guess. Is, my, is, is, uh, is Drew Schmidt playing in the college league? He is. He uh, is. He's he's one of our one of my all time favorites. He's really yeah, good. yeah. So they they did a really nice job. That was their only loss of the event was the championship game. Um, so super impressive showing for the cannons. Like you said, that those guys just do a, do such a good job. Um, yeah. Weston Reynolds struck um, out a lot won, of guys. He had some stuff. Yeah, ten point two innings, eleven Ks. Um, he would have definitely been in the mix for that pitcher of the tournament. Um award on the American side, but impressive group, uh, fun watching them play. Um, even when the head coach comes over and asks you for a phone charger in the middle, middle of the game, <laughs> um, uh, between games, I'm lying. It was between games. So I'll give them that, but, uh, congrats to them. Uh, really strong showing, uh, for, for the cannons. So, um, yeah, that, that kind of wraps it up for us for the, for the pudge. Yeah, year. yeah, uh, a marathon podcast uh, for the Pudge, which uh, deservedly so. It's one of our favorite events by far. Always really competitive. Always delivers. Uh, you know, get some of these teams end up playing. You know, six, seven, eight games uh, that that end up winning that championship. So it's it's uh, you leave like having seen some of the names that you already knew, but you also leave seeing a lot of names that you didn't know, and you're like, man, these guys are going to be really good. Uh, really fun to follow. Um, it's just it's just a great event that really kind of kicks off 
um, kind of that next wave of, of really good high school prospects that'll come into focus uh, this summer and definitely at the end of summer as they, they start to get recruited. But um, yeah, it was, it was fun. And now we'll, we'll flip the page to uh, the Bregman this week, which is uh, the 2026s in that group of, of guys that are going to be sophomores um, heading up through there. So another really, really good premier event. That'll be fun to, to see who stands out and uh, definitely be more guys that aren't quite on our radar yet because of the age and, and the, uh, the playing level and things like that, but it'll be another, um, really staying up performance, but uh, yeah. you got anything else before we get out of here? No, no, just trying to figure out what I'm going to do with the rest of my Monday. We've got college league, got to do some some more college league scheduling. Um, but I'm at home, so I get I I can sit down and kind of look at some stuff on two yeah. computer screens, which will which will help me. That'll oh help gosh, it, it, it does make such a difference. Like I'm going to start traveling with my second screen. Like I just can't yeah. like, especially when I ride, I'm going to start um, hammering away at the pudge notes. Um, did some takeaways for the first three days, which are published at pivetool.org, but just kind of a more detailed little section. Um, it's like, I'm not going to be able to do that without a second screen. I got to be able to see <laughs> like the high school's on one side and then while I'm typing on their side, if I need to kind of go back and look at some film with my notes and everything, uh, it's just like, once you go to a second screen, it's really hard to, uh, to go back again. Um, so yeah, it was, it was good. It's kind of fun to see that. And then the 2023 group at the all-star game kind of turned the page on those guys and the 2024s with Airy coach trials. There's a lot going on right now, but it's, it's all really, really good stuff. So um, you can follow the podcast at five tool pod on Twitter and Instagram. Of course, go to five tool.org and it's, it's a great opportunity to get your profile. If you're a player, if you haven't gotten one yet, um, that to me is one of the things that's been most enjoyable after the pudge is to go through a look at some of these profiles. And it's just like highlight after highlight. And like some of the guys have the badges on there for player of the game or picture of the game or, you know, if you're MVP, you get a little MVP achievement that's on your profile forever now there. But it's just it's cool to see like, man, if you go perform at one of these events, your profile looks pretty dang cool after just with all the highlights that we captured. Um, any notes, anytime you mentioned a podcast, any achievements that you have, any of the badges and recognition and things like that. Um, so if you haven't gone and checked that out and you are a player, uh, go to fivetool.org and claim that profile and click on join to check out our subscription op- options. And uh, I think it's a really fantastic value to for you to have that as a tool um, for your enjoyment, but also for the recruiting process as well. Um, and again, you can go to fivetool.org and just click follow on any event. So you could have gone to Pudge and just clicked follow for the Pudge and then go to your click on my line on the main page. And it's just everything from the Pudge um, is right there that you can view. Um, so it's easy to kind of sift through there. So um, well, that about wraps us up. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, for Drew Bishop, I'm Dustin McComas. Until we'll talk to you all next time, take care.